0: As every single one of us, were in that place of darkness, and the light of Christ shone into that dark place. Amen? I'm just thankful for the light, and I know you are as well. I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord tonight. I know it is summer vacation, and like Pastor Darrell and I had said, so I know the numbers are a little down on Wednesday because it's summer. But our praise shouldn't be, and our spirit shouldn't be. Because I know the Lord's present, The Lord's presence is as great whether we got two or whether we got 200. Amen. So I'm just glad that you're in the Lord's house and that you are in his light this evening. I'm feeling, you know, I never know whether I'm going to be preachy or teachy come a Wednesday night. I'm, I feel like I might be a little bit teachy tonight. So if I am, I just pray that you stay with me and that you receive everything that the Lord has for you. If I get a little bit preachy, then I uh, pray that you can stay with me with that as well. Amen. Uh, tonight, the title of my message is Salty or Stale, Part 2. You know the way I am. Sometimes I never know if one message is going to turn into two or three or four. But I know tonight it's at least going to be part two. Uh, last week, I brought you a message called "Saltier or Stale, which covered our responsibility to be fishers of men, to be witnesses to this world, to everyone everywhere, according to the word of God. And this week, I want to continue with part two on that same word. I've got a lot to cover, uh, and that's why it might be a little teachy, and we'll see if I can cover it all and get it all in. But before we do that, let's pray one more time. Just ask God to be with me and you. Father God, I just thank you once again, like this song we just sang, that that there was a day in our life when we saw the light. God, we wouldn't be here this evening. And God, if you did not allow the light of uh, of Christ to shine into our lives, if, if there was not a moment in our lives like it was with Saul, God, that you knocked us off our high horse and you allowed us to be blinded by your light so that we could find healing in our lives. So we thank you for that. Tonight, God, uh, we need the power of your Holy Spirit. I'll be the first to admit, God, that I need you. I need your power, I need your strength, I need your wisdom, I need your presence, Lord God. I just need you to be with me this evening, Father God, that I wouldn't stand up here, Lord God, uh, with, with without power and without strength. So, God, I just ask for you to be with me, and I ask for you to be with your people as well, God, that you would give them ears to hear, that you would give them hearts to listen, that they would receive your word with gladness, God. I know that all of us have worries. I know that all of us have had struggles and difficulties throughout this week. But I pray, God, that we would be able to set them all aside, God. That they would not be a distraction uh, to your word, God. And that we would just uh, glorify you this night. We give you the praise and the glory. And we all once again say, Amen. As we learned last week. Uh, Jesus is, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on on last week's word, but as we learned last week, Jesus' first and last and intermediate call to his disciples was to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, everywhere. His first, his last, and his intermediate call was for us to be fishers of men. We find in Scripture that at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry, and in all reality, all throughout his ministry, Jesus continued to remind the disciples that the greatest call of their life was to be witnesses for the Messiah. That their greatest call was to be witnesses of the cross, carriers of the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone everywhere, and that 's the same as ours. Our call church is the same as theirs in matthew five thirteen Jesus said to all of his disciples, said to all of his faithful followers, and he's saying it to us as well. You are the salt of the earth. He was saying you are created with a purpose in this life, and no matter what your earthly job might be. No matter what your earthly position might be, Jesus reminds us that our spiritual purpose and our spiritual design is to be the salt of the earth. He reminds us, church, that there is a high call in every one of our lives and a low call. It's not to dismiss what you do in life, but compared to, uh, compared to our spiritual call, anything we do... In this earth, Uh, regarding our career, regarding our positions, when you put that in the light of the spiritual call God has placed in our life, it is a low call. The high call that Christ has placed upon every single one of our lives, no matter what we do, is to be the salt of the earth, church. That is our high call. But Jesus also went on to say in in the same passage in verse 14, But if the salt has lost its saltiness... Then it is good for nothing except to be thrown underfoot to be trampled upon by men. In other words, Jesus was saying, if the salt is no longer salty, it's ineffective. If the salt has lost its power, uh, saltiness, then it's no longer powerful. He was saying, if the salt has lost its saltiness, then what is it good for, Jesus said, other than to be thrown out and trampled upon by men? I don't know about you church, but I I don't want to be trampled upon. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be discarded. I want to be filled with power. I want to be filled with anointing. I want to be filled with, with all of those things that are effective in this world church. I want the power of the kingdom in my life. And the reality is I can't receive that unless I'm salty, unless I'm salty. The word of God tells me that, that I will be powerless and useless and, and really good for nothing. And that the power will have the world to trample all over me. What I want you to understand tonight is the depth of what Jesus is telling us here in verse 14, and that is if we are not salty, I'm not saying this Jesus is in a spiritual sense. If I am not salty, I'm useless. Jesus is saying that if we are not salty, we are ineffective for the kingdom, that we will have no influence for the kingdom of God. If we are not salty, church, we are good for nothing, because if we're not salty, we are powerless over this world. The reality is God has designed us and created us and anointed us to have power over this world. Amen. But if we're not salty... We can't experience that power. If we're not salty, don't expect to experience that anointing in your life. If you're not salty, as I am going to define salty tonight, you are really useless in the eyes of God. Useless in regards to the kingdom of God and what He wants us to do with the kingdom, and that's to advance the kingdom. If we're not salty, Scripture tells me that this world will have the power to trample over us. But Jesus also said, "All power." In heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go into all the earth and preach the gospel. All authority, Jesus said, all power, all authority has been given unto me. Therefore, go in that power and be witnesses to this world. Therefore, go in this power and in this anointing and be witnesses to everyone. Be fishers of men. Go in that power and be salt, Jesus was saying. The truth is we are most powerful when we go, church, we are most powerful in our faith when we are willing to get up and go and do something for Jesus Christ. I hope you understand there is no power in a pew potato. There is power in the individual that's willing to get up and go and answer the call of Jesus Christ in his life. There is power in the individual that is willing to lay down their nets like I talked last week and follow Christ to exercise and, and to fulfill their high call upon their lives. Listen, if you want power in and you want anointing, let the Lord know you're willing to go. If you want anointing, and you want power, and you want ministry, and and you want the Spirit of God to descend upon your life, if you want to be effective for the kingdom of God, let Him know that you're willing to get up and go. Let them know you're willing to be a, ma- a mouthpiece at your workplace. Let them know you're willing to be a mouthpiece at your, at your dorm or at your, in your classroom or in your college. Let them know you're willing to be a mouthpiece in your carpool or in your neighborhood or even among your family where it's hardest to preach the gospel because you've you got to be around them all the time. If you want the anointing and you want power, let God know you're willing to be fishers of men and watch His power and anointing flow into your life. Why do you think the disciples were anointed? Why do you think the disciples were filled with power? Why do you think the disciples, 12 men, were able to change the world? Because they were willing to get up and go. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach us too. The reality is the salty are the powerful. Uh, I want you to understand that the, the most uh, uh, the most powerful Christians are those, like I said, are the ones that are salty, church. The most disruptive to demons. We are, we are most disruptive to the demons when willing to get up and go. You see, uh, the reality is that the, the devil could care less about the, the comfortable. The devil could care less about the compromised. The devil could care less about the, the salty saint or the complacent saint. And I don't even know if I like putting those two words together. It's like, I don't know how you can be a complacent Christian. It's kind of opposite because a real Christian is like Christ and Christ was never complacent. So I don't know what I want to call that, that complacent individual other than maybe a complacent individual that comes to the house of God because Christians aren't complacent. Christians are willing to put on the full armor of God and step out onto the battlefield and wage war against the darkness. But what I want us to understand is that we are, we are most dis- disruptive to demons when we are willing to go. We cause the most struggles for Satan. When we are willing to get up and go and be witnesses to this world, church, we are the most powerful when we are salty. The salty have the authority, according to the word of God, they have the authority of heaven to go take the land, to go do something no one else can. And that's what you and I need to understand. The salty, if we are salty... We can tread upon serpents according to the word of God. If we're salty, there's no weapon formed against us that will prosper as we advance the kingdom of God. If we are salty, the Lord will use us to build our church, the Bible tells us, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against us as we do. You see, when Jesus uses that Scripture and talks about the church and the gates of hell not being able to move against it, He's talking about an active church. He's talking about a church that's moving forward. He's talking about a saint that's not, that, that's not uh, content to just stand still. He's not talking about, like I said, pew potatoes. He's talking about individuals that are willing to get up and go and advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you are willing to do that, when you are willing to pick up the Word of God, when you're willing to pick up the good news of Jesus Christ and to go out into the dark places of this world, I promise you the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Because God empowers the salty. God anoints the salty. God anoints and empowers and strengthens the individuals that are willing to get up out of the pew and go do something for Jesus Christ. This is who he's talking about when he talks about salty church. If we are salty the Lord will use us to build his church. And the Bible tells us as we do, the gates of hell won't prevail against us because God has given power to the salty. He's given them power to go. I believe with all of my heart that the salty are the ones that God will use to build the church. He doesn't use the stale to build his house. He doesn't use the compromised to build his house. He doesn't use the complacent or the comfortable to build his house. They're they're, they're busy building their own comfort. They're busy building their own nest. They're busy building their own kingdom. But but, but the individual that, that will have an effect on the kingdom of God is the salty. The ones that are willing, like I said, to get up and go. They're the ones that will advance the church. They're the ones that will carry the gospel to everyone everywhere. I don't know any bystanders. That have an effect on the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't know any uh, uh, individuals that, that are just comfortable watching the passers-by on the sideline having effect on the kingdom of God. I believe with all of my heart that the salty are the ones that God gives the power to overcome and to take the land. The salty are the ones that scare the devil. The salty are the ones that that drive away demons, not like I said, the stale, not the comfortable, but the ones that are willing to get up and go. The salty are the ones that change the world just like the disciples did. The saltier are the ones with the power to move the kingdom forward. They're the ones with the power to infiltrate enemy territory and take over strongholds, church, for Jesus Christ. They're the ones with the power to take the land just as we have been called to do. Please understand me. When Jesus said, go preach the gospel. When he said, go into the highways and in the byways. When he talked about going into the dark places of this earth. He was talking about taking the land. He was talking about winning the territory. He was talking talking about expanding his kingdom. Please remember the first thing he told Adam and Eve to do. Please remember the very first thing he spoke over creation. He said, "Be fruitful and multiply and increase in this land." That was his original goal. That was his original design. It was for the spirit of God and the people of God to possess this earth, church. And unless you're salty, it's not going to happen. Unless you're salty, you won't have the power to do that. You can't increase the territory of God, and you cannot possess the land. When Jesus called the disciples to preach to everyone everywhere, that's exactly what he was saying. Go take the land. Go take it from the darkness. Go take it from the devil. Go take it from all of his demons and and expand the, the kingdom of God here on earth, church. Listen, when God said to, uh, uh, to Joshua in Joshua 1, one, Everything or every place on which you will tread will be yours, just as it was with Moses. He was reminding us that unless we are willing to go, we can't take the land. That we cannot expand our territory. The reality is, unless we step out, this is exactly what Jesus was saying to Joshua. As long as you're willing to step out, Joshua... As long as you 're willing to get up out of your comfort zone and as long as you are willing to advance my kingdom, every place upon which you tread will become yours i don 't care if it was the Hittites i don 't care if it 's the land of the jebusites i don't, I don't care if it 's the land of the ninevites i don 't care what land it is. If you place the foot of your soul on that place of, of property, it will become yours. You see the reality is i 'm trying to tell you and teach you that if If you have the faith and the courage to get up and go, the land will be yours. If you're willing to step out onto those places that are being controlled by darkness in your life, if you're willing to step out onto those areas in your life that are ruled by darkness and ruled by demons, if you have the faith and the courage, church, to step out and place yourself there, the power of the Lord and the anointing of the Lord will go with you and you can possess that land. This is what God has called us to do, church. He's called us to get up and do something for the kingdom of God. One of the saddest realities is, is that we as people of God, as blood-bought believers, as Christians, as, as individuals in the house of God, we wonder why we've got so much lack in our life. We wonder why the devil's winning. We wonder why the devil's ruling. We wonder why he's controlling our marriage and wonder why he's controlling our family. All of these things, it's because we don't have the courage to get up and place our foot on that and take what belongs to us. The other reality is, listen, if we're not salty, and all of us, including myself, I know I can do a better job of witnessing out there. Like I've told you before, it's easy for me to hide behind here, but I'm really trying to put a practice of really being the same out there that I am in here. But here, the reality is, the Bible says, to him that knows what is right and doesn't do it, to him it's sin. And if we are constantly struggling with this sin a fear to 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 be the uh, a mouthpiece for Jesus if we're constantly leaving this call of evangelism to someone else you will not be successful in your christian life because we're really disobeying god and god doesn't bless the disobedience he's not listen i've told you before he is not going to to pour out his power on an individual that's just going to sit there and watch someone else do all the work he won't do it He will not waste his power, church. He'll put it on the person that he knows is willing to get up and go. He's going to put it on the, he put, like he put it on the disciples who are willing to lay down their nets and follow him, who are willing to make their earthly profession second to their higher earthly or higher heavenly calling. That's not saying that every single one of us have to quit our jobs and go be preachers somewhere. I'm not saying that what I am saying is that we're to be salt, salt, wherever it is that we go. And we're to, be, we're to have the courage and, and the willingness to get up and go and do what God has called us to do, where He has called us to do it, church. Listen, unless we put our soul on the feet of enemy territory, the land will not be ours. Unless we're willing to advance the gospel and the kingdom of God, nothing will be ours according to the Word of God. Unless we are salty, we can't expect to be powerful or effective. I don't know many powerful procrastinators who wait till tomorrow to do what God's asked them to do today. You see, God empowers the individual that says, yes, I'm ready to go, God. I'm going to go. God does not empower the individual that waits his whole spiritual life to do, to do what God's called him to do today till tomorrow. God doesn't say, well, I'll, pow- I'll empower you today so you can get up and go tomorrow. He waits for the individual that's willing to answer the call of Christ. And then he pours out the power of heaven upon their lives and says, go make disciples now. Go advance the kingdom of God. And it's exactly what he's calling us to do. And it's why we have to ask that question. Are we salty or are we stale? The reality is the salty are the only ones Christ will use to build his church. Understand, like I said, God doesn't empower the undercover Christian. God doesn't empower the stubborn heart. He doesn't empower the stale heart. He doesn't empower the complacent heart, church. He, he empowers the individual that's willing to go. God doesn't empower those who are sitting still on the sidelines watching everyone else carry the gospel. Watching their spouse carry the gospel. Watching their parents carry the gospel. Watching the, par, uh, the pastor carry the gospel or the, the Sunday school teacher carry the gospel. Listen, I want you to understand as a parent, don't expect to have the power of the kingdom made manifest in your household if you're putting the responsibility to train up your children on a youth pastor or a children's pastor. Unless you're willing to get up and go and share the gospel in your own household, don't expect the power of God to be there. Guess what will happen? Your children will be trampled upon by men. Your children will be trampled upon by the devil. Your children will be trampled upon by the the demons of darkness if you're not willing to get up and go and be a salt in your own household. Well, that's what the pastors paid for. And and that's what the children's pastors paid for. And that's what the, 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 the youth pastors paid for. Guess what? I got 45 minutes to sprinkle some salt on your life. Pastor's got 45 minutes to sprinkle salt on your life. The, the youth and children's pastor have one time a week, 45 minutes to try to sprinkle salt on your children. You are the salt of the earth, God said, and you've got to sprinkle the salt on the soil of your own souls, church. And if you don't, don't expect to be successful. If you don't, don't expect to be powerful. If you don't, don't expect to have victory over your life. Expect to be trampled on every single where you go. But if you want to tread on serpents, if you want to have authority over every unclean spirit, if you want to be the head and not the tail, if you want to be the beginning and, and, and not the end, church, the above and not the belief, get salty for Jesus Christ. Because that's who He empowers. He won't empower anyone that's not willing to go and be what he's called them to be, church. Because God gives power to those who go. He doesn't give power to those who stand still. Please remember, especially as spirit-filled Pentecostals, that God sent us Holy Spirit that we would be endued with power so that we might be his witnesses. So that we might be His witnesses to a lost and dying world. So that we might have power to be fishers of men. So that we might have power to be salt. So that we might have power to be witnesses to this lost and dying world. Listen, God didn't send His Holy Spirit so that we could sit around bragging about how much we speak in tongues. God didn't send His Holy Spirit so we could sit around in ivory towers thinking and making big about how spiritual we are compared to someone else. Please listen to me and understand, God doesn't judge your spirituality based on how much you can speak in tongues in the house of God. He judges your spirituality by how powerful you are out there in a lost and dying world. God didn't send His Holy Spirit so you could sit around in the upper room making big about how spiritual You are while the world is going to hell in a handbasket. He sent his Holy Spirit so that he would endue you with power so that when you came down out of that upper room, you could preach like Peter did and bring 3000 individuals into the house of God. But the reality is, listen, I'm not here to condemn anybody because I'll put myself on the same cross. We'd rather sit around in our padded pews making whoopee in front of God instead of going out there and doing something for God. Listen, it doesn't matter how much we show off in front of God here, church. It's what, what matters is what we do out there. Are you salty, Jesus said, or are you stale? Are you salty or are you stale? Are you doing anything to advance the kingdom of God? I I don't know why I believe this or think this, but I think that the Pentecostals, for whatever reason, the ones that have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, are the least active when it comes to being the salt of the earth. Least active when it comes to being witnesses to everyone, everywhere. We're so used to coming into the house of God and judging our spirituality by how big God moves in this house. Instead of how little we move while we're out there. We can show off in here. We can do everything we want and have all sorts of freedom in the house of God. And please listen and understand me. I'm glad we do. This is why we do church. So that we can be built up. So we can be encouraged. So we can be ignited ignited, and put on fire. But it's not so you can sit here in a padded pew and become a pew potato. It's so that you can get up out of your seat and go do something out there in this world. Operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. You were endued with power to be his witnesses and tell this world about the good work of Jesus Christ. Please understand that. So the question is, are we salty? Are we useful? Are we building his church? Are we advancing his kingdom? Are we taking the land or are we sitting around stale? Are we doing anything for Christ or are we stale, church? And the best way to answer that question, and this is how I'm going to finish up the time that I have on our service. The best way to answer that question is by comparing ourselves to salt. Best way to answer that is by looking at the properties and the purposes of salt and asking ourselves, am I that? In the natural, salt is a solvent, and I'll talk about it. Salt helps to break up fallow ground and hard clay. Salt stabilizes soil. It tempers steel. It softens water. It kills weeds. Salt melts ice and it puts out fires. It's a natural fire extinguisher. Salt cleanses. It purifies and it heals even the deepest of wounds. Salt preserves and it adds flavor. And my list goes on and on. But spiritually, Jesus is telling us that we should be all these things. Spiritually, Jesus was telling his disciples who understand the purposes and the properties of salt. He, he was telling them that this is what you are to be, church. Salt has a, a plethora of purposes. It has, a, it has a host of properties. And Christ knew this quite well when he said to the disciples, You are the salt of the earth. It's why Jesus used that word. He didn't use another word. He used the word salt because every listener understood the purpose of salt in those days. Every listener, every follower, every individual that sat around and heard him speak these words understood the properties of salt because they used it every day. Therefore, with one single word, God defined their purpose. When he said, you are the salt of this earth, guess what? They knew exactly what he was saying they knew exactly what their role was they knew exactly what their purpose was and far too often we're not salty because we don't we've never defined it for ourselves uh, we don't we don't do what god has asked us to do because we've never took the time to sit down and compare ourselves to salt and say yeah i'm salt you see we think oh i'm salty cuz i come to church I, I, I'm salty because I clap my hands. I, I'm salty because I worship. I, I'm salty because I dance. I'm salty because I'm involved in some kind of ministry at the church. That's not salty. That's not salty. Jesus, the, the listeners understood exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, You are the salt of the earth. With one simple statement, Jesus reminded the disciples and us why we were called church, is to be a solvent. To help break up fallow ground. To help stabilize the soil of someone else's soul. To temper steel, melt ice, put out fires, help to heal, and to preserve. And the list goes on and on. With one single word, Jesus reminds us that we are to be all of these things to everyone everywhere. To everyone everywhere. Not just to those that we consider worthy. Not to those who we have good relationships with. Not just to those that are in the house of God. Not to those that we feel might be quite receptive to what I have to say. He said, you are to be all of these things to everyone everywhere. Even the one that hates you. Even the one you don't know. Even the stranger. Even the individual that might laugh at you, might mock you, might persecute you. You are to be the salt of the earth to everyone everywhere, church. It's why it's that important. You're to be all of these things. That's why Jesus calls us to salt to the earth, because we are the vessel. We are the properties of salt that he's referring to. And if we're not church, we're not answering the call of Christ in our lives. Listen, we are to be. The question is, are we the spiritual solvent? We'll take one of them. Are we the spiritual solvent of this earth? The word solvent comes from the Greek to the Latin word salvo, which means to loosen and it means to untie. It means to release and to set free. It's what a solvent does. It breaks up that which is bound. It breaks up that with that which is, you know, if you're a mechanic and you're working on something that, that, you know, you got a, a nut stuck on a bolt or, or something not able to move, you put a solvent on it to break it loose and break it free. This is exactly what Jesus was referring to when he said you're the salt of the earth. Because you are to have the power to help break someone free. You are to have the power to help untie those that are bound up. You are to have the power to loose those that are in prison. Loose those that are captivated by depression and fear and doubt and anxiety. You are the salvo of this earth, church. Are you? Am I? Am I? Am I that individual God is using to set the captives free? Am I that individual that's being used to break loose the captive? Am I the individual that, that is being used by God, that has been anointed with the power of heaven, to break up that which is bound? Am I, am I the salt of the earth, or am I stale? That's how we judge whether we're salty or whether we're stale. Not by how big I am in the house of God. It's how big I am out there that matters. So please understand this, church. Am I what God calls me to be? According to Isaiah 61, it's exactly why God has anointed us. According to Isaiah 61, it's exactly why he has empowered us. It's exactly why Isaiah said the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to untie those who are bound, to release the captive and set the prisoners free. It's what the Salty do, church. They are the spiritual solvent of this earth. They are salvo. And again, I ask the question, are we? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Listen, for one reason and one reason only, it's to set the captives free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you and and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, not so that I can brag about how big I am. Please grasp this. The the Spirit of the Lord descends on you for one reason and one reason only. It is to set the captives free. It is to preach the news with, with boldness. It is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness and without fear to a lost and dying world that is bound up and needs to be set free, church. You are the salvo of the earth. You are the individual that I want to use to untie and set the sinner free church. What I want you to realize is that every single one of us is surrounded by people who are being held captive. Every single one of us are surrounded by people that are ensnared by the enemy church. Some in your own household. Some in your own family. Some in your own workplace. Maybe your next door neighbor. Maybe somebody that you, you drive to work in the carpool in. The reality is every single one of us are surrounded by individuals who are being held captive. Surrounded by individuals who are ensnared by the enemy. They're imprisoned by this world. They're tied up by the disappointments and the delusions of this life, church. We're all surrounded by people who are living in emotional prisons. They're living in mental prisons. They're living in spiritual prisons. You understand this, church? And God has said, You are to be their salvo. You are to be the salt in their life. When Jesus used this word, the disciples had this, had this. Picture, this mental picture of exactly what He was talking about. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. He didn't have to preach this big sermon like I am to you because they understood the purposes and the properties of salt. They understood how and why they used salt every single day. I think we forget that sometimes, church. But the question is, when you ask that question, are you salty or are you stale? You have to ask, am I salvo or not? Am I being used to free this world, church? Listen, the truth is, if we're not helping others break out of their personal prisons, if we're not loosing, if we're not untying, if we're not releasing and setting the captives free, then Jesus said, your salt has lost its saltiness. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Jesus said, if you're not salvo... You're, you've lost your saltiness. And he actually goes on to say, what good are you? He actually goes on to say, and, and not in a, in, a, in a, I don't even know what we're like, in a, in a hurtful way. He's just making it clear. He's saying, look, if you're not salvo to this earth, uh, you're, you're useless. I can't use you. You can't help me build or advance the kingdom of God. You're not salty. So what good are you except to be thrown out to be trampled upon by men? Listen, if you're not salty, the problems that are in the lives of those around you, guess what? They won't just trample on them. They'll trample on you too. Please don't try to help someone if you're not salty. Please don't try to, 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 to move the devil out of someone else's life. If he's trampling all over yours, please, you understand what I'm saying? You better have some salt in your own soul before you try messing around in someone else's mess. And see, the reality is a lot of us, we're not helping others because we can't even help ourselves. We're not helping others and we're being ineffective out there because because our lives are a mess ourselves. Because we're being trampled upon by men. And listen, that's because we're not salty. It's because we're not salty. Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. Listen, please understand there's a big difference between sitting in church and building the church. There's a big difference between going to church and actually building it. When I, when I was studying this and, and looking at this, I couldn't help but think about this construction crew that we've got outside. I've been busy and wrapped up with them most of the day today, and I worried that it was going to affect my word, but I thank God that He's with me. But all I could think of is this. You know what? For the next several months, I'm going to be walking this property and talking with other individuals that will be building our new church while I watch. While I watch while I sit in my office, while I make phone calls, while I watch someone else do the work. It's not that I wouldn't love to go out and help, but they're skilled, they're trained. They're the ones we paid to do this work. But you understand, my point is simply this. When that's all done, they're the ones that can sit back and say, you know what, I built that. When it's all said and done, here as well, if you're not praying for that building process... When it's all said and done, if you're not sowing into that building process, if you're not giving your tithes, and you're not helping this, and you're not if you're not part of this process and building the house of God, guess what? When it's all said and done, don't stand up and applaud yourself. Don't stand up and say, Oh, look what I have done, because you've done diddly squat. Because you didn't get up and do what God asked you to do. You watched someone else build the kingdom of God for you. You see, I might not be able to get out there and lift one single shovel, but I can get on my knees and pray. I might not be able to pick up one uh, uh, single uh, log over there or hop on a tractor or get on a backhoe, but I can sow a seed into the house of God and into this project. You understand what I'm saying, church? Well, we got to be willing to invest ourselves in, in this process. The reality is you don't build a church by sitting in here. You build it by going out there. You don't build it while sitting, in the, sitting like I said, in the upper room. You build it like Peter, who when he got out of the upper room, made his way to the top of a mountain and he preached his very first sermon. And 3,000 people, the Bible says, were added to the church that day. If you want to be part of building the church... If you want to be part of building the body of Christ, if you want to be part of advancing the kingdom of God, guess what you've got to do? You've got to get up and go. You've got to be willing to be Peter. You've got to be willing to put yourself in a place where you're able to share the gospel of Christ to those who need to hear it. And I'm going to move on as quick as I can. When Jesus used this word salt, he also understood that salt was used on fallow ground. He understood and knew that it was used to break up hardened clay, and so did the listeners' church. He knew that salt had the power to break through stubborn soil and allow the ground to better absorb nutrients. He knew that, that, that salt had the ability to make the hardened clay more porous and permeable, better able to retain moisture and the nutrients. And in the same way, the salty saint with a salty word and a salty spirit are able to break up the fallow ground of the world's hardest hearts, church. That's what you and I are called to do. We are called to allow the salt of the gospel and the salt of our spirit, church, and the salt of Jesus Christ to soften the the hardened souls of those individuals that are around us in our life. You all know some of them, and so do I. There's a hardened heart maybe in your workplace, There's a hardened heart in your neighborhood. And I guarantee you, somewhere in your family, there's a hardened, stubborn heart as well. And see, the reality is, God has called us to help soften that heart for Jesus Christ. God has asked us through the salt of His gospel, and the salt of His word, and the salt of His Holy Spirit, and the salt that is is moving around in our spirit church, He has asked us to allow that saltiness to break up the fallow ground and the lives of those that are around us. Now, not everyone will give in. Please understand. Uh, you know, Pharaoh, ten times, God himself tried to dig up the fallow ground and he kept changing his mind. And, and, and you will have people like that. But if you're having zero effect on anyone around you in your life... If you're not able to to soften the soil of someone else's soul because you're lacking salt in your own life, guess what? Jesus says, what good are you? He says you're not any good to the kingdom of God. And he's not saying it to condemn. He's just saying it to remind us that he's called us to be salt. He's called us to help break up the fallow ground of this world that is filled with heart and hearts, church. Just like the disciples, the salty saint has the power to literally change the composition of the soil of someone else's soul through their own saltiness. It's why Jesus said, go make disciples. Go make disciples. And I'm not going to get too theological with you, but when you look at that word make that Jesus used... It means that He has granted us the power and the authority and the ability to literally transform someone else's life. To take a heart of stone and help turn it into a heart of flesh. To take a stubborn heart and break it down under the salt of, a gospel, uh, under the, salt of the, the word of God. He is saying, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. He said, go make something out of these other men. And unless we're salty, we can't make anything for the kingdom. If we're not salty, we can't touch or or move or shape or fashion a form. Understand, God has given you the authority. He's given us power for two things. And I'm going to start winding this down. He has given us the authority to go, and he has given us the authority to make. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make. That's exactly what he said. He's given you the authority to go into the darkest places of this world. He has given you the authority to go into the highways and the byways. He has given you the authority to, listen, go into your workplace, go into your college, go into your dorm room, go into your carpool, go into your neighborhood. Go into those places where no one else has the power to go and have influence. But he said, I have given you the power to go into all of these places and make disciples. To make something out of a heart that's hard. And turn them into disciples of Jesus Christ. Please listen to me. God uses you and me to do that. God doesn't come down and, and in, in a bodily form, in a bodily fashion, to do what he's called us to do. He empowers us to do it. And unless we're willing to do it, church, guess what? This world won't change. We need to be willing to go. We can't do that while we're in our comfort zone. We can't do that while we're on our comfy, cozy couch. We've got to be willing to get up and go real quick. I'm going to just wind this down. When you study salt, you discover it has power to strengthen steel, soften water and kill weeds. And real quickly, I want you to understand and know that this world is filled with the the weeds, filled with weeds that have the power to strangle anyone's soul. Has the power to strangle out your joy and strangle out peace and strangle out happiness and strangle out life, church. This world is filled with weeds that have the power to just choke the life out of anyone. And the reality is, God has given us the power through the, the power of salt to kill those weeds. And the reality is, listen, if I'm not having any effect over those weeds in my own life, I'm not salty. If I have no power uh, over those weeds in my household or in my marriage, you understand, I'm not salty. My salt has lost its flavor. And it's why we're being trampled on. And the reality is some of us need to go to the Lord and say, God, make me salty again. God, I'm tired of being trampled upon by men. I'm tired of being trampled on by trouble and difficulties. I'm tired of being tread upon. I'm tired of being cast aside like a nothing, God. I need to be made salty again so that I can walk on serpents, so that I can have power, church. To change the, the situations around me so I can have power over these weeds. Salt irritates and it agitates. It cleanses, it purifies, it heals, it melts, it removes and it adds flavor. And as the salt of the earth, we're to do the same exact thing. Listen, I know I'm running out of time. But every time we walk into a room, we should add flavor to that room. Every time we walk into someone's room, we should add zest to that room. We should add spice and life. But a lot of times, we walk into a room like this. Walk into our room, head down. Walk into the house of God. Listen to me. Salt adds flavor. When you walk into your workplace, you should add spice and life. When you walk into the house of God, you should add some spice and some life, church. When you walk into your household, you should walk in and add some spice and some life. Listen to me. I know in my own life, please understand, there's a lot of times when I've had a bad day or I've had it up to about here, I'm not careful enough to walk into my house and add spice. far too many times I walk into my own house and I add doom and gloom. Or I add frustration or I add strife instead of life. And God forgive me when I do. Because when I do that, I'm not adding life, church. If you walk into a room and everyone looks for a place to hide, guess what? You're not salt. If you walk into a room and and, and everybody turns and runs, you're not salty, church. There's something wrong inside of your spirit. Well, no, I'm just irritating them in the spirit. No, you're not. You're just annoying them. You see, the Bible is an irritant. It is. But it's supposed to irritate sin, not the sinner. You see, Jesus didn't irritate the sinner. He irritated the sin right out of their life. And the reality is you and I need to do the same exact thing. Because when that sin began to be irritated in those individuals' life, guess what they did? They fell down on their feet and they began to weep upon, they began to wipe upon his feet. They began to wipe his uh, his feet with their tears and they began to pour out everything that was of value to them. Because he irritated the sin right out of them, but he loved them, church. And we've got to do the same exact thing. Listen, if you're not irritating the sin out of the sinner, there's something not salty about you. Something not salty about you. I'm not talking about being a jerk. Please understand, I'm not talking about that guy that stands down on this street corner just condemning everybody to hell. I'm telling you that we need to just be so salty that sin can't stand to be in our presence. It gets uncomfortable. The guy, the dude that curses all the time, just whoop, something happens. And, and, and he begins to apologize. Oh, I'm sorry about that. They begin to turn off the radio or turn off the TV because salt has walked into the room. Because spice has walked into the room. Because life has had an effect on death. You understand what I'm saying? We're to add flavor. We're to add zeal and spice, not gloom and doom and sadness and sorrow. Add spice. And if we're not, something wrong. If we're not, we're not salty. I'm going to close with this. I go on and on with like all of these things that I have said that Jesus was referring to when he said salt. But I'll end with this one. Salt strengthens steel. It tempers. It's used to temper steel and make steel stronger. And the Bible tells us that as iron strengthens iron, so should man strengthen man. And the reality is you and I have been called to temper one another. You and I have been called to strengthen one another. We're to strengthen the weary and strengthen the weak. We're to strengthen those that have fallen. Pick them up in a spirit of gentleness, church. We are, to be, we are to be the individuals that strengthen one another. And finally, we're to be the ones that heal one another. Because one of the main attributes and purposes of salt, especially in Jesus' day, was one of healing. They would apply it to wounds to cleanse it. They would apply it to wounds to keep it from infection. They would apply it to wounds to bring healing. We know that today. We know we should gargle with salt if we got some irritants in our throat. We know that if we have a sore, we can put it in salt water. This is exactly what Jesus was referring to. He said, you are to be the healing of this earth. This healing of of an earth that is sick with sin. But the reality is, and the sad reality is, far too many of us in the house of God are not in the healing business. We're not allowing the salt of the Lord to use us to bring healing. We would rather point fingers at the individual that falls. We would rather kick the one that is down rather than pick him back up. We would rather pick up the phone and gossip about the one that has a Failure in their life, rather than applying the salt of Jesus to their life. And the reality is, in my opinion, church, there's so many areas when we look through this list. Salt breaks up fallow ground. Salt kills weeds. Salt adds flavor. Salt strengthens steel. It softens water. It irritates and it cleanses and heals wounds and it preserves. I promise you that if we all look at that, we can say, God, I'm not salty enough in that area. God, I need you to make me salty in these areas because I'm just not what you've asked or called me to be. If you're here tonight and you want to be good for something instead of good for nothing, if you want to be salty in any of these areas, So that you're not trampled on by men so that you can advance the kingdom of God. I just want you to stand to your feet. We're going to close in prayer tonight because I believe every single one of us, church, should be willing to say, God, I need to be more salty. I need to answer your call. I need to respond. And my biggest challenge to you tonight, again, please don't keep what we learn in here. It's not for here. It's not for in here that God gives this word. It's so that we can be the salt of the earth. Amen. Not just the salt of the church. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, that you have truly spoken to us tonight, God. You've challenged us. But I'm thankful, Father God, that when you challenge us in any area of our faith, you don't just demand us to be this and demand us to be that. You give us everything we need to do that, Father, and to be that. So I thank you that, that you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us your word. You've given us one another, God, so that we can become the salt of the earth. So I pray, God, that any of us who have lost our saltiness in any areas tonight that we have looked at, God, that you would make us salty once again. Help us to be the salt of the earth, God. Help us to not just hide in the household of faith, God. Help us to go out into the highways and the byways, in the deep, dark places of this dying world, God, and shake our salt upon this earth, Father. I pray that you would use us to be fishers of men. Use us to be witnesses of the, to this world. Use us, Father God, to preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. Let us be willing to get up and go. Help us to be willing to get up out of our comfy, comfort zone, God, so that we could advance the kingdom of God. And when we get up, I thank you that you will fill us with power. When we get up, you will not leave us alone. When we get up, God, you will have already gone before us, and you will always be behind us, God. Fill us with salt so that we might be the salt of the earth. And forgive us when we're not. We give you the praise and the glory And all of God's people said, Amen. Can we just bless the Lord for His Word tonight, church? Amen. You're blessing Him and not me. If you have a special need, as always, be happy to tarry and pray with you. Otherwise, go and be the salt of the earth this week. Amen.